You're listening to the Historical Bookworm Show for lovers of history and readers of inspirational fiction. Join your hosts, Kylie and Darcy, for author interviews, a pinch of the past, and special bookworm reviews. Hi, this is Kylie Woodley and Darcy Fournier. Crystal Caudill is the author of Dangerously Good Historical Romance, with her work garnering awards from Romance Writers of America and American Christian Fiction Writers. Her debut novel, Counterfeit Love, was a 2023 Carol Award finalist. Crystal is a stay-at-home mom and caregiver, and when she isn't writing, she can be found playing board games with her family, drinking hot tea, and reading other great books at her home outside Cincinnati, Ohio. Crystal, welcome to the Historical Bookworm Show. Thank you so much for having me. I was so excited to have you back. I really enjoyed our our last interview where uh, we were talking about counterfeit love, I believe it was. But we have a Christmas story this time, which is personally very exciting for me. So what would you say is your favorite Christmas tradition that either you or your family does? So we have a giant collection of Christmas village shop people and buildings and all this. We have two shelves, like bookcase shelves, and each of my boys get their own bookcase to discuss design however they want. And I love watching the kids not bicker, but kind of argue over who gets what because for what reason. And Malachi, my oldest child, would will put a story with each of his villages. Like, this is why it's this way. And you see his village as if you're the character in the village. And then you have my other son who's very he has a plan. He does it like he's an architect for a city and says, this stuff goes together and this goes here and let's just stick Godzilla right here. So he always pulls out his Godzilla toy and it goes in the middle of the city somewhere. That is so fun. What a great thing for them to do. And I love how they approach it differently. That's one of the coolest ones I've ever heard. I really (laughs) like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great tradition. I adore it. And my oldest just graduated last year. He's still living at home. But I know our years are kind of limited on this tradition. And so I'm cherishing each time. I love that of all the things that you chose to share, it was that. It really shows your mother's heart that you see how special that is. It's wonderful. And as a writer, do you have more fun developing uh, the characters or the plot for a story? It depends on the story. Sometimes the characters are what really excite me and draw me in. And sometimes it's just figuring out the plot. Um, It kind of depends where I'm at at that point. Sometimes plotting is just what I need. And sometimes just diving deep into character is what I need. So it just depends on the story. Mm, I can see that. I feel that way as a reader too. Sometimes there are books where I read like the story itself and I'm just like every chapter, I just can't wait to see what happens next in and probably more with mysteries um, just figuring it out step by step and, you know, the big surprise at the end. And then others where I'm just deeply connected with a character and really invested in where they're going or in a romance, how they'll end up together. I have to say, I feel very much the same way, whether I'm a reader or a writer. 
Yeah, you connect with books for different reasons, you know. It it just depends. Good answer, not black or white. I like it. <laughs> I'm not I'm very much a gray. <laughs> well, as we were talking about your family, you've been a stay-at-home mom for many years, got one graduated. So, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned about parenting over the years? Don't compare your kids to each other. I have two very very different boys. My oldest one who just graduated academically, school is not his his strong point. Um, we were very happy for him to get B's and C's in school and we were happy with it because we knew that was the best he could give. But now he's working as a plumber. He's enjoying what he's doing. He's very hands-on, loves that. But then my other child is very, very, very academically rigorous. Like if he doesn't get straight A's, he's in trouble. And we always told the boys, we expect you to do the best that you are able to do. Now, that's going to end up being different expectations and what that looks like because you two have very different strengths. But we're going to expect your strengths to be the best they can be and your weaknesses to be the best they can be. And we we know what those are. and We're not going to make those expectations out of reach. I love that. I don't have children of my own, obviously, but I've I've seen a lot of families where I feel like they've kind of struggled in that area because sometimes people tell you, you know, never show favorites to your kids, treat them all the same, but treating them all the same and not showing favoritism are not the same thing. <laughs> so it's, yeah, learning to tailor it for, you know, who your child is, who God has created them to be and to help them succeed in that. Um, wow. I think that's that's beautiful. And it's important for them to know and feel that even if they make a mistake, that they're still going to be loved, that that doesn't, our love isn't based on their performance. That's so important. Yeah. Was there anything especially interesting you haven't covered in other interviews that you would share with us, or perhaps there's something God has laid on your heart that you would like to share with your readers? So... That actually has been a really hard question for me. I was trying to think through a great answer for that, but life has been really chaotic. And so um, we've got a lot going on in our family right now. And I think the lesson that God has been teaching me right now that might be an encouragement to others is no matter what you're walking through, God is right there walking through it with you. And he cares about all the little details I couldn't tell you how many times I just needed a little something to make it through the day, just a little encouragement. Or for example, on Tuesday, I was thinking how we hadn't been able to go to the apple orchard this year because of the things going on in our family. It just wasn't possible. It's something we usually do every year. And I was craving an apple cider donut. And yesterday, my mom called me and said, I'm going to the apple orchard. Do you want me to bring you anything when I come up? And so now I have apple cider donuts sitting on my counter out there waiting for me, all because God's like, I see you. I know you just need this little bit of encouragement. It's not a big thing, but God is, he sees that and he gave it to me. And it was such a beautiful blessing. And I know he will do that for everyone who's walking through because he does care. We are created in his image and he loves us so much. Big details and the little ones. Sometimes it's the little things that just 
really, for me, bring to the forefront how much he cares. Like you say, a little thing like he cares whether or not you have your traditional donuts because, you know, he he knows just what is wrapped up in that. It's been those little things during this season that have been the most heartfelt for me. Yes, yes. that That is so special. I love that. Well, let's go ahead and dive into talking about your latest release, Star of Wonder, which is a novella in the collection titled We Three Kings, a Romance Christmas Collection. So I'm going to go ahead and read the back cover copy, and we have three different stories here. Best-selling romance authors Caudill, Putman, and Strong follow three generations of the Wise family in this third collection of Christmas novellas from Kriegel. Star of Wonder by Crystal Caudill. The Christmas-themed maiden voyage of his family's grand steamership was supposed to be Aldrich Wise's chance, both to instill investor confidence and to romance Celestia Isaacs. Instead, he must foil a criminal and leave his lady love behind forever. Beauty Bright by Kara Putman. Lieutenant Charles Wise served as a monuments man after World War II and now works to restore stolen art to rightful owners. Captain Lillian Thorson pairs up with him not only to return treasures, but also to fix the war-torn lives around them. Perfect Light by Angela Ruth Strong Essential Oils mogul Brendan Wise is drawn to Lacey Foster, the event planner for his huge Christmas Lights Festival. But when he inadvertently makes a spectacle of her on television, Lacey wants nothing to do with him. Will a chance to give gifts to those in need at Christmas be the key to discovering common ground and maybe love? So your story is the one set furthest back in history of these three novellas, and we're exploring a steamer ship, one that apparently hides some dangerous secrets. It's so interesting to see how people celebrated Christmas in the past. So what sort of festivities did Ulrich plan for his grand Christmas voyage on a steamer ship? So Aldrich's background is his family is German. And so we really pulled on German traditions. And the first event on the ship is St. Nicholas is like St. Nicholas Day. So all the people on the ship would set their shoes outside their doors at night and the steward would go through and put chocolates in the shoes. And so kind of following the St. Nicholas tradition. And then um, they had a craft night where they made ornaments for paper ornaments for a tree. And Aldrich teaches Celestia how to make paper stars, which if you look online, it's actually really complicated to make them. I mean, once you figure out how to do it, it's not hard, but it's not the easiest thing to first learn. Because it's not just like cutting out a star. It's it's kind of three dimensional, isn't it? If I'm picturing it. Yeah. It's basically a type of origami without it being Japanese. It's very, a lot of paper folding and it's not one sheet of paper. So maybe that doesn't fall under origami, but it is a star that was actually used in Germany to teach kindergartners, I believe, mathematical concepts. That is some cool history to pull from. Yeah, so that's that's some like research randomness that came out of this as I was looking up German traditions. And then they also had a Christmas tree. They didn't, it wasn't a live tree. They did a goose feather tree and they did put candles on it, but they only had it lit for 
maybe 10, 20 minutes max on the ship because ships rock and you don't want to catch things on fire. So they had servants kind of sitting around the bottom with buckets just in case, but all the ornaments were on it. That is so cool. I remember uh, researching some Christmas traditions, I think for a pinch of the past last year or something. So I love that they're pulling in St. Nicholas Day because I believe that's December 6th or something like that. It's actually earlier than Christmas. But yeah, there were some celebrations there that kind of mirror our Christmas stockings these days and things like that. So that's that's super cool. Um, and at the end of the steamership time, they actually attend a German Christmas market. So I get oh. to pull in all the different fun stuff. How fun. Aw, I researched German Christmas markets a while back for something I was doing with school. And yeah, that's exciting. Um, I live in a highly German area. Cincinnati's known for its German heritage. And so last year I went to a local German Christmas market as part of my research. And I had glue, glue wine, glue, glue. I don't even know how to say it, but um, it's a spiced wine that served warm and it was okay. Um, I'm not sure I would drink it again, <laughs> but I got to say I drank it. So I knew and got to see all the different aspects of a miniature version of a Christmas market. That is so cool. I love that. So anyone looking to immerse in a historical Christmas, they've got it. You've you've done personal research on this. So this is the story. Now, the blurb doesn't give us any hints. So can you tell us a little bit about Celestia Isaacs? So if you've read my Hidden Hearts of the Gilded Age series, so Counterfeit Love, Counterfeit Hope, or even Counterfeit Faith, you meet Josiah Isaacs, and he's one of the Secret Service operatives. Well, his little sister is Celestia Isaacs. So you get his little sister's story and a glimpse of Josiah before his story counterfeit faith. And she is a very determined woman who knows what she wants. She's known since the first time she met Aldrich that they were going to get married. And her one goal on this, this voyage is to get him to propose to her. But there's, of course, some obstacles preventing that. But she's very determined, but she's fun and whimsical. I, I really like her. Okay, I love it. So there is a little tie in for those of us who may want to see a little more some of the characters from Counterfeit Faith, did you say? Or, well, he's in all, all of them. them. He's in all of them. Yeah. Yes. And what was your favorite tidbit of history that you ran across while researching for this story? Oh, man, there's so much. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll focus on the steamerships, actually. So. At the beginning of the story, it was right at a shift in steamerships where they were moving from um, just getting, trying to make it across the ocean for the sake of pure get from one place to the other to it being a travel experience. So they were focusing on being fast, luxurious, and safe. Um, all those were things that were very not part of the picture. So they were the predecessors to like the Titanic. And so these steamer ships right at this point were starting to have like the the gilded ceilings and the piano rooms and the, the, the dining rooms with the glass domes where you could see the stars. And they were just very luxurious for the time. But 
even these stem steamerships, which were focusing on catering to the elite and the middle class who were traveling for fun, they also transported a large number of immigrants. In fact, they sold more immigrant tickets than they did the other. Um, and so going eastbound toward Europe, they had they would obviously have less immigrants in their ships because most people are coming to America and not living leaving America. But there were immigrants who would go back and forth between home. And so they would use these ships to go by. And then, of course, westbound coming to America, these ships would be full of immigrants um, with much lower quality accommodations. But I found it really fascinating that some of these steamership owners um, had been immigrants themselves at one point. And so they focus on making the immigrant experience safe and as comfortable and economical as they can. And so it's not like they're just shoving them all into an unsanitary situation. They really worked hard to make it as best as they could. That's not saying it was that way for everyone, but there were several ships that were very well known for that. That is so cool. What an incredible story of how, you know, they came across, built a life for themselves and said, you know what, I'm going to make it better for other people coming. Well, thanks. I, I love the history. I'm such a history nerd. I know, right? It's And it's it's cool with the Titanic makes headlines, but, you know, we don't hear about these these ships that kind of built that, you know, the Titanic didn't just appear out of nowhere. So I love that we'll get a chance to kind of explore that in this story. So what is going to be next for your writing? That's actually kind of up in the air right now. So I'm working on a project. I have several different ideas, but there's officially nothing on the docket. So I would recommend following me on social media or signing up for my newsletter to know the latest. I'm hoping to have some news by the end of the year, but I cannot say anything definite yet. Okay, so you've got a story you're working on, but we don't know what its future is yet. And as someone who um, is a subscriber of Crystal's newsletter, I highly recommend following her. She has great book reviews and just interesting uh, posts and tidbits about historical things that I enjoy reading. And I will be on the lookout for any future announcements, Crystal, of uh, your upcoming story. And for our listeners, Crystal is offering a copy of We Three Kings, a romance Christmas collection. To enter, you can go to our website, historicalbookworm.com. You'll also find a direct link to the giveaway in the show notes for this episode. And Crystal, how can our listeners connect with you? Uh, the best way is through my newsletter, and you can sign up for that by going to crystalcoddle.com. Um, Coddle's C-A-U-D-I-L-L. And there's nothing spe special fancy about Crystal. It's just a normal Crystal. I'm on Facebook. I'm other places, but those are the two main places you'll find me. Well, thank you once again for joining us. I have really, really enjoyed talking about this story, and I'm looking forward to another Christmas book on my list. So... Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. You've been listening to the Historical Bookworm Show, where history meets fiction. For more information, find us at historicalbookworm.com.